This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is back like a thunder flash. I return from my holidays, turn up at Craven Cottage, and lo, Chelsea wins away for the first time since Bournemouth last May. Coincidence? I think not, seeing as I was at Bournemouth too. Uh, but whether or not Chelsea's return to form is down to my attendance or not, it was good to be back and good to see Chelsea back as well. Uh, the match was won inside two minutes of the first half when Mudrick opened his account, finally, and Brozier scored his first goal since a long layoff from injury. The one following the other was like the thunder and lightning we had an hour or so before kickoff, and was far more welcome. It settled the crowd's nerves and the players, and while Chelsea should perhaps have gone on to score more goals and properly bury Fulham, maybe we should be grateful for the win. The all-round performance of the team was excellent, even the Super Poodle did a good job. But Brozier looked a proper striker, built for the Premier League. Mudrick threatened with his pace and was always a good outball. Palmer oozed class. And the midfield triumvirate of Fernandez, Caicedo and Gallagher worked well together. The back five snuffed out Fulham quite comfortably. All topped off with a top away end, which shows whatever else is going on, Chelsea's away support is outstanding. And the title of tonight's show is Thunder Flash, Chelsea Fancast, number 1068. And I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, as you should all know by now. And uh, we have no Jonathan Kidd tonight on the show. Jonathan is uh, he's doing a bit of work today, because uh, we're doing this on a Tuesday, not a Monday. So I'm afraid he's unavailable. But fear not, we have, we have excellent quality people. As you all know, the Chelsea Fancast squad is without doubt the strongest squad in the podcast league. Uh, and we have uh, we have a man who we've known for a long, 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 long time. We don't see enough of him on this show, largely because he's a, a very, very uh, stable part of the uh, the we of the Went to Mo King's Meadow podcast with Dean Mears, who, who so ably uh, filled my boots the other week. Uh, we have the lovely Dane Whittle with us. 
yeah, evening everyone. A, a late substitute. Uh, it was funny because I was watching the the women's game who opened up their season with a two one win against Tottenham on Sunday, like making all these notes, which was obviously not needed. They were chucked in the bin. Uh, so I could come on this show, which is my obviously my original bread and butter. I've nicked you. I've nicked you from went to moking. I didn't know that. Have I nicked you from from Dean's show tonight? I've, he's he, he's gone with a new format this season where he's he he wants uh, it to be me, himself, and Jane and one guest. But we've got about uh, I think we've got a selection of about eight to ten guests. Uh, so it, yeah, I was easily replaced. Well, I don't know about that, Dane, but I have to say. <laughs> Dean has got it right, mate. The secret to a successful podcast is have is have a team of at least ten to twelve fucking excellent people. That is the secret behind the Chelsea fancast. Uh, so hopefully Dean has learnt that trick from me. Anyway, D- Dane, it's lovely to see you, mate. As always, you too. Uh, we have uh, we have. Uh, I mean, you know, the number of people I've had saying this. Uh, even J.K. himself, who is a man who will damn damn you with his faint praise at any available opportunity, but. Uh, the number of people I've I've had come up to me saying, "Mate, it's fantastic! You've got this this Mark Meehan on the show all the time. He's he's absolutely brilliant. He knows everything. Well, I I I know this because I've known Mark for a fair few years now. And not only does he know everything, he knows everybody as well. And uh, thanks to Mark, not only uh, am I going to Burnley next uh, Saturday, but uh, uh, in order to pick up my Burnley tickets, he sorted me out a Fulham ticket for last night. So the man is an absolute legend and a Class A genius, and I love him. Mark, great to see you, mate. Great to see you, Chid. And for once, he doesn't know everything. Um, no, the, no, he, surely not true. Well, I, I'm going to ask a question now, and if people mix it, um, see how quickly people do the response. Um, why I was able to sort you out with the ticket for last night's game is I, I had a clash last night and, and it's something I couldn't get out of. Um, if people are aware, um, Paul Cannibal's got his black and blue um, event on Saturday, the 14th of October. And I don't think I'm letting too much away. But on the night, Sean Wallace, who is a massive Chelsea fan and is the star of ITV's The Chase, is doing a quiz up against a Chelsea fan. So the... Knockout round was last night, um, and I, I took part in the quiz. Um, and I don't know who's got through, but um, I, I was asked, we all asked and um, 10 questions, and I got nine out of 10. Uh, and some of the questions were like, yeah, not too bad, well, it's easy, but you've got 10 seconds. But the question I got wrong, and it was the first question, so uh, I think my brain was a bit frozen, and I think it was something along the lines of, you know, Cloudy Ranieri once said, um, he had a very good watch, referring to obviously the team he had at Chelsea. And this particular player, you know, was the battery to his watch. I know the answer. Let's see, see if anyone gets it mixed. Makaleli, Mac- mate. Well done, sir. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I, I just had a brain freeze. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. I know something that Mark Meehan doesn't know. I can't see, believe I it. I, I don't know everything. I, and I just had a complete brain freeze. And as soon as it was over, they said, yeah, well done, you got nine out of ten. And I'm just saying I'm kicking myself, I should have got ten out of ten. Yeah. And as soon as I thought, yes, it's Claude Makaleli. Yeah. And I was just thinking like Claudia Ranieri. And obviously Makaleli came in um in the um the first Abramovich season. Yeah. So yeah, I got nine out of ten. Uh the the person I don't know who went up against got ten out of ten. Yeah. So whoever they are. Well done. They clearly know something that I, I didn't. Uh, one, one of the other questions was quite interesting as well. You might, you know, you or Dane might get this as well. Which um, Chelsea striker 
once scored a hat trick and an own goal in the same game. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. A hat trick and an own goal in the same game. Now I can remember. I was a young Chelsea striker, so that was a bit of a clue. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't uh, remember the own goal, but I remember the hat trick. Yeah. Uh, 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 Mark Steen. Well, wasn't Forsell, was it? Did he get a hat trick for us? No. I think Forsell did get a hat trick, yeah. But got an own goal in the same game, yeah. No idea. What goal. era? Oh, recent, yeah. Recent? recent. A couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Oh, it's going to be rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there aren't that many players who've scored a hat-trick for us recently. Abraham, Tammy. Tammy, Tammy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, see, and you've only got 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I still can't remember the young goal. Was it Luton? Was it the Luton Luton Cup game? Yeah. Oh, Frank's last game. Yeah, Frank's last game. Bloody hell. Good knowledge. Um, So is Smithy... Yes, you know something more than I do. I do. Well, Well, it's a first first time for everything. Um, Was it Smithy in this quiz? I don't know. I was going to message Smithy today because I don't know who who the other there was. Um, there was three of us like in the semi final wow. or whatever whatever they called it, um, and they basically said if you both get or like ten out of ten, the the other question is the nearest to pin question, and they said up to I think when Thomas Tuchel was manager, how many games had Chelsea played in their history? That would have been the tiebreak question. Wow. Well, there we go. Um, we will be talking about Paul's event uh, in my little plug section at the end of this part actually but uh, before we do all of that as ever a quick reminder that you can listen to this show live on every monday and friday apart from when we're not on a monday and friday like tonight we're on a tuesday because we were at the game yesterday so we couldn't do the podcast uh and normally we kick off at half seven but because i work until late uh we have to do it later today but anyway it's usually half past seven every monday and friday and you can listen to it live if you really really want to um on Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixler.com. And, of course, you can join in all the chat by posting on the live chat page, which so many of you do. There's too many of you to mention by name, but we have a a, a hardy gang of regulars in there who have a lot of fun chatting away, commenting on on the nonsense that we spout. Mark's often in there, even when he's not on the show. Tony quite (laughs) often frequents it when he is on the show, as well as not being on the show. Um, I'm I'm not capable of uh, doing more than one thing at once, so you won't get much, uh, you know, writing from me. But occasionally I spot a comment I like and I bung it in the show. But anyway, it's good lot. It's a good lot of fun, so I commend it to you. Uh, you can follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast, and of course you can listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. Make sure you leave us a glowing five star review, or alternatively give us minus five and say we're all a bunch of wankers. It's all the same to me. Right after this break. <laughs> We will be back to talk about a Chelsea win. Yes. So it should be a happy show tonight. Um, Dane, a win away at last. Uh, our first away win in the league since Bournemouth in May. I was I was privileged to be 
at the Bournemouth game in May. I uh, I secured a ticket through my usual nefarious uh, routes. Uh, and funnily enough, there was a similarity because it absolutely shat down the rain that day as well. I mean, I, I nearly got absolutely soaked on the way to the uh, pub last night, but I didn't. But it's a good feeling, isn't it? I mean, it, you know, it's amazing what a win can do to to give us to make us all feel better and a bit more positive, right? Oh, absolutely. That it's it's funny because I was thinking quite early on, even before we'd scored, I thought we was we was moving the ball around really well. I thought you know the the free in midfield interchanging looking good Cole Palmer was really impressive uh and I was thinking wow that win against Brighton really really must have given us a lot of confidence because it seemed like we was a team in form the big worry like most times this season was actually scoring a goal so when we did through an unlikely source but hopefully we're going to see a lot more of it especially if he if he uh if Frank Lampard has got his uh predictions right and he will come more central you know that goal from Mudrick just just wow just set me aback like like most times nowadays I'm thinking okay VIR what's happening here but it was perfect and thoroughly enjoyed and I was still like getting over that and then we went 2-0 up with a with a lucky broyer goal which I think for a player who's been out for so long with so much potential and 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 so much his attributes, you know, his, his attributes for a striker are amazing. You know, I think he deserved that bit of luck. And I hope that he can really kick on from it because I didn't expect him to start. I thought there's no way he's going to start after like a 10 minute here and a six minute there. I called so, it. I called it last Friday, Dane. I said, Broja, in my in my team, Broja started. I'm glad you, 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 you did because I really didn't fancy. I'm glad you got it right. Sorry, I really didn't fancy Sterling starting through the middle. I sort of half expected he would eventually come on for Broya because, you know, when a guy has played 12 minutes at most uh, this season, you know, you'd be lucky to get 45 minutes out of him. So to get more was a massive bonus. But so excited to see what what he can bring to us this season. Mm. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Mark... uh... I mean, oh, the joy of seeing us win. I, I'm still buzzing. I, I've got to be, a, you know, it's amazing isn't it, how small-mindedly stupid we are. It's that easy to please us. But uh, I'm going to start with Brozier first. Um, I mean, I was very keen as I, as I, you know, I mean, I, I as you know, I picked my team and I picked Poch's team. I, I didn't have him starting in Poch's team. I don't think I thought I thought that Poch would go with with Sterling actually, but I was really glad to see him start. He is a proper striker. Uh he is a unit. He puts himself about. He's a focal point. That's what you want from a Premier League striker and I think I mean I'm not trying to diss Jackson here because I like Jackson actually, but you could see the difference. You know, Jackson gets pushed off the ball something that JK's been moaning about for weeks. Um and uh, I, do you know what? I spoke to to, to Kerry uh, on the way up to the game yesterday, and he was really interesting about Jackson, about the miss that he made. I think it was against Wimbledon or Brighton, the one he put over the bar for about a yard out. And he was saying about you know Forest, for, it Forest? was it? I don't know. I can't Forest. remember, but uh, it was Forest or Villa. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. Kerry was very interesting, and, and 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 I mean, you know, I don't think. Kerry has a problem with him like like I don't but uh, he said it that was all wrong you know he said there was only one place that was going with the way he tried to hit the ball and he should you know he he said to him it said to him that he he is not a natural goal scorer and I mean let's face it Kerry should know he knows a bit more about goal scoring than us but anyway Brozier yeah he's a proper striker mate and I'm so glad to see him score after coming coming back from a horribly long injury it's been a long hard year for him and 
it's almost exactly a year since he played in that Wolves game and he got our third goal in the Wolves game. And you thought, oh, he's done well on loan while he was at Southampton. You know, this could be the young striker we've been looking for and yearning for. And then he just had that unlucky injury. And I think I'm with Dane as well. I, I wasn't sure if he was going to play last night. I hoped he would start. I think sometimes it's better for the player to start and come off. You know, then maybe come on at sort of that part of the game. And when he came on against Brighton last week, he is a unit. I was sitting in the West Lower, um, and I think I was about four or five rows from the front, and he came over for a throw. And I'm thinking, was he always that big like last season, or has he actually <laughs> grown an inch? while Because he, he just looks huge. He looks a beast of a player. Yeah. And he towered over like the Brighton defender. And I'm thinking... When he's fully fit, this this could be something worth watching. Um, and it might, well, I don't know if it will save us money because we seem quite willing just to go out and buy a player willy-nilly. But he was just so refreshing to watch last night. And yes, we haven't had much luck lately, so he deserves his bit of luck. You know, when Reem made that mistake and rebanded in off him. I still think, you know, on the form he was in that first half last night, he might have nicked a goal anyway. So really pleased for him. It looks like a precaution... He's not fully fit yet, so he was never going to play 90 minutes. But again, and I might be jumping the gun somewhat, we weren't as good when he went off. We looked a bit of a different team in the, in, in the second half last night, but I presume we'll talk, we'll talk about that well, later. I, I, Mark, Mark, I agree with you t- entirely. I mean, I, I thought actually, you know, we didn't look uh, we didn't look the same team when Mudrick went off, uh, Dane. I mean, yeah, obviously... Obviously, because he went off at half time, he's he's picked up uh, a little bit of a, an awareness in his quad, apparently. Um, so hopefully he'll be all right. But uh, great! I to think see- everyone should be aware of their quads. I said, do you know what? I said to I said to Dom. I was sitting next to the lovely Dom yesterday. There's yeah. some great people round round where I was standing. Uh, Dane was next to me. Uh, bless him. Not you. Different Dane. Uh, oh, and nice. uh, Mr. Beard was uh, in in front. But anyway. Um, Great to see him get off the mark. What a quality goal. Colwell's uh, uh, beautiful pass into him, and he put it away, away really well, actually. A proper finish. No doubt that will do his confidence good. I think he offers a brilliant out ball, and I think actually that's what we missed in the second half, Dane, when he went off. We didn't have the out ball that Mudrick was providing. Yeah, he was making some really good runs, you know, obviously on that left side and coming central, and I, I don't know... Obviously, how many times I'm going to mention Lampard tonight, but obviously I watched uh, a lot of his. Super, super, Frank. Obviously, <laughs> I, I watched a lot of his, of, of the uh, my Monday night show with him on it, and he obviously was, I was intrigued by him, like I always am. This is not about his managerial skills or, or that debate, but it's just about his whole knowledge and his, uh, his footballing brain. And, you know, he said, even when he was obviously coaching us last season, that Mudrick was such a hard worker and hard try on the training ground. And he was obviously desperate for him to do well. And, and he's really interested in the runs. He thinks he obviously has the qualities uh, to, to, to be that, that winger, you know, that winger that score goals like, like Mane did for so many years at Liverpool and like, Salah is still doing, you know, where they come central, you know, they might start wide and come central, but that you know, was a beautiful goal. You know, you could see the relief on his face, probably like the relief on all our faces. Uh, what a beautiful ball from Colwell. I've seen so many little uh, instances and messages on, on Twitter today, but this is probably the first time, sorry, not, X, not Twitter. Uh, this is probably the first time people won't be uh, complaining the fact that he's sort of playing left back to an extent if because that, that was a ball that... Not a lot of defenders uh, could produce, and 
yeah, it, it was such a relief. As I said, you know, we we were just getting over it, and, and Broya scored. But I'm happy for Modric. I really hope he, this isn't a, an injury. You know, this is just a you know a, a slight concern in in that moment, and it's gone in the next couple of days. Because he needs to like quite a few other players to keep this momentum going, and it'd be you know eager to see via the team sheet on Saturday away to Burnley and hope that he's uh, he's in there and, and carries on his form because he has been good for the last few games. You could see it building up slowly. He he has. You know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that about uh Colwell because I, I've been quite I've been quite vociferous really going he's not a left back. Why is Pochettino playing in there? We all love yeah, <laughs> he's he's a good centre back, potentially a very, very good centre back. He's not a left back. So amazing Mark, isn't it? Maybe the manager knows something we don't. We've often said Who knew? We're, not a, we're not the training ground. We, we don't see what goes on. I think the other thing about him is he's a good footballer. And I think good footballers can quite often play in lots of different positions. I think the other positive last night about Mudrick, and I can't remember who said it on here a couple of weeks ago. It might have even been JK, I don't know, about the need for him to play and play a number of games. Mm. This is the third game in a row Mudrick has started. And I, I think I don't think that does his confidence any harm. And I think he's a confidence-type player. So if it's not going well, his probably head goes down if it is going well. And he was on fire in that first half last night. And it was a really, really good goal. And you know, straight after that, he was he was going down. He was ma- making chances. And it was just unfortunate, maybe precaution. You know, he had to go, go off at half-time. But it, it bodes well. There's, there's something in Mudrick as a player. He's very, very, very quick player. Sometimes he's too quick that he forgets to bring the ball with him. He's that quick. Um, but Iron Robin was sometimes like that. He, he was so speedy, he'd leave the ball um, behind sometimes. But Colwell, I think o- over the course of the season, I think it will develop. Thiago Silva was magnificent last night. But he might prove us wrong, but he can't He can't go on forever. Yeah, being inhuman, but he seems to sort of defy defy gravity, defy science, defy, defy everything. Um, so I think over a period of time, Maybe over this season, and maybe he might become a player coach role ne- next season, Thiago Silva. Because I saw Bella Silva was in the Chelsea away end last night. No well, way! So... No way! Yes, you was. I was yes, near. Was. I was near Bella Silva, and yeah, I didn't Bella know. Silva's... Yeah, yeah. I'm lots gutted. of photographs with fans. Yeah. Oh no, no! Don't make it worse, Dame. Why not? She was singing. She no, was singing. no. She was singing with the fans going in. She no was... everyone. Yeah. Was For two, fuck's two, sake! Two, I'm gutted. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's, um, I think Simon Kirby posted a photo with Bella last night as well. I think the other player you haven't mentioned, I, I think, I know he took a, a little bit of time, you know, even though we've only played a handful of games, but Disarcy, you know, or sorry, into the valley, as I, I, I know him affectionately. <laughs> yeah. um, he's played every game. He's been ever-present. There's probably only three or four that have been ever-present so far. And... He looked so solid last night. Yeah. And I think our defence has looked solid mm. you know, over the recent weeks. So as soon as we got ahead, never mind the second goal, what was about 30 seconds later, I just thought, yes, we're going to win tonight. Yeah, definitely going to win tonight. Because that defence is doing a good job. And again, Sanchez, again last night. Yeah, we might talk about Fulham and you know, obviously in the second half. But that save he made in the second half. Uh, I thought... Uh, Whoever was doing it with uh, Peter Drury last night, I can't remember who's doing it. I think he's a bit disingenuous. Is it Hinchcliffe? Yeah, Hinchcliffe. I think you're right, it's Hinchcliffe. <laughs> he's I, a he miserable scrope. Yeah, what a, what a miserable... He was critical of the Fulham player that came on. Oh, I can't remember. Lukic came on as substitute, and he had that chance in the second half from six yards. And he's going, oh, yeah, six yards out, he shouldn't have put the ball in. Uh, 
yeah, you can't say that's good. That was a good save. It was a good save by Sanchez. Yeah. And he was sort of saying, oh, the player missed it. No, he didn't miss it. You know, Sanchez saved it. It was a really good save. And there was that brilliant picture today with his Superman impersonation where, you know, Sanchez, <laughs> that's just... He's, when you think a few weeks ago, even I wasn't sure about Sanchez. And, you know, he, he was still sort of like... I'm not sure. I'm not sure week. about his feet, mate. No, that's why he's not sure about it. But then, then again... You know, this is the modern day sort of Pep Guardiola that you know goalkeepers have to be good as outfield players playing football. Peter Bonetti was rubbish with his feet. Yeah, but mate, that, yeah, was, so that most, was that was in the nineteen seventies. Different. Yeah, but game. most. Yeah, I know. So I know it's a different game, but most you know people are there are saved the ball with their feet or saved with their hands. So not distribution isn't necessarily every goalkeeper's strength. Uh, and and last week against Brighton, he probably created most yeah. of his chances. Well, quite. Yeah. Distribution. I mean, but look, look. As well. I said yeah. to Dom last night. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, he's. We were both saying this actually, to be fair. Yeah. But yeah. I think he, he. I feel more comfortable with him in goal than Kepper. You know, yeah. I, I'm not going to talk about Mendy because I, I, I still, I, to my dying day, won't understand what happened to him. He was just superb in the year we won the Champions League, and then it all went, all went tits up. But, but dealing with human beings, Chidge, and, and, and this is the other thing about the poodle last night, who had another good game. <laughs> As I said, we don't know what goes on in training ground. We don't know what goes on in people's lives. And I've said this a number of times. If you're playing for Chelsea Football Club and we've got the trouble of signing you, you're not a bad footballer. No. You, you're, you're a good footballer. And then something goes wrong in people's lives. We've seen players' houses get broken into. Their relationships break down. They have anything can go. They're human beings at the end of the day. They're not supermen. You know, they're not on a different planet. So... We don't know any of that. We just see this guy that puts his boots on you know, every Saturday and every Wednesday. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what's happened at the training ground. You know, we don't know if he's negotiating a new contract. All those things we have no idea of. We can only judge what we see over, over 90 minutes. Yeah. So, again, Sanchez didn't start particularly well, but the last few weeks he's grown into it. And you're right. I feel really confident when he comes out. He's very good. Yeah. Almost... You know, we haven't had a keeper for quite a while. Um, briefly, Mendy, who comes out and you know commands his area when he's um, getting for crosses. Yeah, I'm happy with him catching it. Yeah, we still need to work to do with his feet, but yeah, that might no, come. Totally, totally agree with that. Um, go, going back to Colwell, uh, Dane. Um, given that uh, given that Chilwell, as we found out, is going to be out until December, January. Um, Okay, we I've moaned that you know that that Cole's been playing left back, but actually I, I I and I don't think he likes playing Matson at left back, which is what actually I I proposed in my team. But um, having seen what I saw last night, I, I I'm thinking well actually no, I'd be quite happy with Colwell being the left back in the foreseeable. So how, how do you feel about that? I suppose it's it's the modern day manager or coach tactics nowadays, and if we was ever lucky enough to get much. On, on on this show, he would tell us, well, you know, if we're in transition and not transition with the ball and out the ball, you know, it's it's certain positions that he takes up. And, you know, since since the massive argument has been debated about whether he is actually playing or left back, I've really tried to watch him as much as I can. And he does sort of like tend to drift in, obviously under instructions uh, to, to his right side. And then... When we have got the ball, he does tend to drift out to the left and and sort of become a left back. Uh, so, like uh, 
it was mentioned earlier. I think our defence has been has been quite solid and probably one of the best defences in, in in the top top league at the moment. I think I'm sure we were second or third before we played Fulham and in goals conceded. Uh, and we are looking very solid. So I'm happy to, for us to stay like this. I sometimes have a little bit of a one gripe with Potts that he never really, very rarely makes like for like substitutes. So you think if Chilwell wasn't planned and Matson would come in or, you know, if there's a substitute, it would be like for like. But even against Fulham, you know, he he, he took off uh, and Madrid took off and then poor old Gallagher would seem like he was drifting out to the right to cover that bit. Or I mean, Enzo sort of, instead of taking Enzo off, I thought it was burn out of his arse. He sort of like then played the advanced role in midfield. Uh, but, he, you know, he's, he's the manager who gets paid all the money to make this decision and it clearly went off. But yeah, Massively intrigued by Colwell, really impressed with what I've seen. I don't know if this will eventually be when, 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 as Mark said, when Thiago Silva does call it a day, that then he he will shift over to the left and we'll have the option to change, obviously, formations and push him. Obviously, he will shift back in onto the left side of, of centre-back. And then we can push him to the left on in a change of tactics at any time because he would have more than likely played a season there. Mm, interesting stuff. Um, going back to uh, back to front... In a, in a funny sense um, Cole Palmer uh, I mean Broger's goal was really uh, Palmer's goal in many respects because uh, it was a good interception on the way he won the ball and then uh, you know Ream trying to make amends kind of kicked it against Broger. but uh, let's not split airs it's still a goal but Cole Palmer I thought Mark was a class act all night um, potentially I think he could be our best signing of the summer it's looking like it and I think when he was purchased a lot of people bearing in mind We've bought so many players during the summer. A lot of people are going, well, why do we need Cole Palmer when we've got, yeah, we've got Carney, we've got Mudawake, you know, we've got Mudge, we've got all these players. But you can see why they bought them now. Um, there might be reasons why Man City sold him. We might never know the short, true reasons. But in the games he's played, the last few games, he's been the best Chelsea player on the pitch. He's got a beautiful left foot. And as a left foot player, I do like to see a sort of a left foot, left foot inside. And let's see what happens over the rest of the season. But it's it looks really promising. I think the other thing I'd say about Cole Palmer last night, he was fouled a hell of a lot last night. And I think the contrast between, um, you know, it seems crazy on the day they'd released those VAR, VAR tapes. Just have a, talk about referees, but hey-ho, here we go. Um, <laughs> what I found fascinating last night, Palmer was the most foul player on the pitch last night. And yeah, we ended up with more bookings than Fulham did. What, what did Fulham, one player books was it? Yeah, and that was yeah. the what potentially could have been a red card on Thiago Silva by Pereira. I don't know any other player booked, yeah. and yet Palmer was continually fouled during the game. So already he's being identified by coaches and defenders of opposing teams as a major threat. So they're seeing him as you know this this is this is Chelsea star man, and, and you've got to stop him. Really pleased for him. He settled in really well. High hopes for the rest of the season for him, but a potential player of the year there. Yeah, Dane. I'm I'm trying to think of a player I've been uh, more excited about, and I'll explain myself because there's a difference between us signing a player and you're really excited about that transfer to a player you don't really have much, you know, of an opinion and thought on, and then you see him play a couple of times, and then he really excites you. And I can't remember a player who's done this to me in that instance with, with not knowing a lot about him. You know, uh, from from the from the very first game, I think he came on against Forest. There was just something about him; he graced the pitch. 
I love the way that you think he is so left-footed and then he'll just drop his shoulders and, and turn onto his right. He had uh, Anthony Robinson, who is a who is a good full, fullback, a good Premier League fullback. He had him literally on his heels the whole game, left, right, centre. He didn't know where he was turning. He'd probably come off the field really dizzy. So impressed by him. And he's got so much more you, you would imagine to come. You know, this is his first start for us in the league. Did he start against Brighton or did he come on? And did he start against Brighton in the cup or did he come on? He did, he started he start against Brighton. Oh, he started, but I was, yeah. I, was, I was really happy that he started against Fulham. Uh, again, like Mudrick, uh, obviously he didn't go off with an injury, but, you know, I expect him and I hope that he starts against Burnley and, and that Sterling doesn't come in because, you know, this this young player has got it all. Uh, and, as I said, left, right, central, you know, if he could pop up with a with a goal here and there as well, then this would be one of the biggest attacking forces, hopefully, without asking me too too overexcited uh, in, 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 in European football, especially his age as well. Dane, I think you're getting overexcited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know I, I always do. You never learn, do we? Don't worry, mate. I, 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 I asked Dom quite quietly last night uh, at, at a moment of excitement. I said, Dom, is it too early to get a a chant of we're going to win the league? <laughs> and he said, Chidge, I think it's a bit early. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, so I shut up. I did actually, on the other hand, get a, I saw a steward there. Well, put it this way. I saw a steward there with what I thought was his name on the back of his uh, high-vis jacket with Wise. So, of course, I started up a chant of, oh, Dennis Wise, which was quite funny. Um, on Mixler, I've got uh, a, a response from Nick, actually. Nick MHU. Breaking news. I'm going to have to get a breaking news sting. Everybody the fucker does. Why shouldn't we? Breaking news. Get JK to do us a voiceover for free. Um, he says, Chidge, you were in the row in front of me. And Bell, Bell Silver, was four rows in front of you. Right in front of you. <laughs> well, I didn't fucking know. I can't, now it's even worse, Nick. You, Nick, you're just, making, you're just making me feel even worse. And the other thing is, Nick, if, if I was in front of you, why didn't you say hello? <laughs> hey, blimey! Uh, do you know what? Or turn around and say, "Oi, Chids, do you know that Belle Silver?" She's in well, quite exactly, Mark. Exactly, exactly. I mean, come on, Nick, sort it out. Next, for God's sake, mate! I tell you who I did see, who was in the row, a couple of rows behind me to my right. Would you believe Sophie Rose? Who Mark says who date? Oh, no, I haven't seen. She has. She hasn't. I haven't seen her much on on the socials no, for a long no, time. No, but she, she was on your show. She was on this show, wasn't she? she many was. moons ago with you. She was. She was. She was. She was the the beauty to my brains, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So so, I waved hello to her. Had a quick chat with her. So there we go. So that was a good crowd in last night. Now, um, one person we have not mentioned up till now. Uh, who absolutely, I mean, you know, I, I love the yeah. guy anyway, so, you know, I, I'm not sitting here trying to justify anything, but Conor Gallagher, Conor Gallagher, do, 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 do. absolutely brilliant Conor last Gallagher. night. Yeah, he was superb. He was superb, and in my humble opinion, completely justifying the armband. Uh, it's fast, fascinating what, what, what Frank uh, and he were talking about after mm. the match, you know, what it means to him to to have the armband. Frank gets it. All these managers playing him, they see something in him. They obviously know something, but he was superb. But what I really liked last night, Mark, apart from the fact that he was fucking everywhere and, uh, you know, it was a real kind of captain's performance as well, not a little bit of quality as well. What I like particularly is the fact that I think uh, maybe Pochettino's 
beginning to figure out the midfield. Um, I mean, it's quite interesting the discussion that we we all had on Friday on the Friday night show because it was very clear to to both J.K. and Tony that I was clearly shoehorning Gallagher in in any possible way that I could, uh, you know, by kind of fudging the system a bit. Um, but I do actually think that I I I I think I went four three three. I, I can't remember. Probably not. Anyway, whatever. The bottom line is, it was really interesting the way that uh, Poch actually played. Uh, Caicedo, Caicedo is the six, effectively, and Connor and Fernandez as the eights. And I mean, you know, Fernand. I mean, and, and by that I mean, you know, Fernandez and Connor can both play box to box. I don't, I don't really think Fernandez is is, is somebody who can play in that hole between behind the strikers. Um, mm. I don't think that's his real strength. Connor, I think, can, but I think you lose something from Connor if you do that because there may be better players technically you can do that for us and also Connor can get up and down the pitch and really you know put in a few tackles as well so I think if you have them as eights and they're kind of bombing forward and back and kind of being intelligent about it and, and I and I read something today somewhere I can't remember where but anyway uh, Fernandez I think in a way it suits him to be a slightly more kind of quarterback style midfielder where he can dictate the play because he is that good a midfielder and I wonder if, if uh, Mark, that Pochettino is beginning to grasp that and actually maybe the way ahead is to have the three in the midfield like that. I think after watching last night, actually three. I can't, I can't see any change to that if they, they stay fit. And I think fascinating because I was watching him last night and you're absolutely right. Casado stays back. And I like the quarterback description because Fernandez very early on, he was roaming. He wasn't sticking to a particular... He was roaming here, there, everywhere. And what Gallagher seemed to do you know, is sort of like not say cover for him, because he, you know, Gallagher just covered every blade of grass last night anyway. But they, they seemed, you know, intuit, you know, they had that sort of like intuit, intuitiveness between them that almost Gallagher knew that if Fernandez was roaming, like doing that quarterback role, he was covering the space. Um, and I think you'd be hard pushed now. And that, you wonder what's going to happen when Lavi is fit. And it might be a different team sometimes against a difficult team away from home. But if you have Casado sitting there, Gallagher, you know, he, he doesn't just play an eight. I think he was playing an eight, six and a ten. You know, he was almost doing a John Bull last night. He nearly, I think Gallagher nearly wore every shirt last night, but only mm. had one shirt on. Mm. He, he, was, he was that impressive last night. And I think the beautiful thing about last night, not just, obviously, the thing about Frank Lampard, who clearly... Gets it. It comes back time and time again to what happens on the training ground and what Lampard said about it. You know, this kid, you know, he loves the club and he grasps on the training ground 24-7. Managers notice things like that. They notice that kind of commitment. And clearly Pochettino has seen something in him. Now, it's hard to think a couple of weeks ago that there was talk of the club selling him, which most sensible people, including all the people on here, knew it was a mad thing to do. But I think what was refreshing today is actually some people waking up this morning and sort of saying, well, hang on a minute, maybe I'm wrong about Gallagher. We're always saying, well, we've been here all along, mate. Well done for catching up. Uh, he is a tremendous player. We said it last season, and he did play a lot last season, but a lot of those were subs appearances. He's been pretty much maybe because injuries, etc. He's been first choice this season, and now he's captain, and deservedly so. I think all that's missing now 
and I'm sure that will come. He's in him chipping in some goals as well. well and we, we know we know he can score more. And we, we know he can do that. We know he can do that. It was a tremendous performance last night from him. I've always said I think he's better a little bit further forward, but not quite as a ten. So I think him and Fernandez, because they play so well together, could be as you say, two eight. Mm. It would work for me. Yeah, it's working for me. What do you, what do you reckon, Dane? I mean. Um, just to pick up on Mark's point about the club wanting to sell him, I think the only people who wanted to sell him are the owners because he's pure profit. Nobody in their yeah. right mind would want to get rid of him. And I mean, you know, I think I've written about this in CFC UK and I'll, I'm steamed up about it, as you know, but I, I do think that this club are, are going to use the academy players as a cash cow. But they'd be fucking insane to do that with Conor Gallagher. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there's another argument about that. Bramwich actually did that as well with yeah, with yeah, a, true uh, enough, true enough. A young players. Uh, yeah, I was when, once Mason left. Uh, you know, I, I was so against Connor potentially going. Not that he's ma- massively impressed me in, in a Chelsea shirt. I'm, I'm, I, I was still waiting, and, and I was willing to give him a chance. Frank gave him, you know, probably his his, his most. Uh, first team like starts, you know, like from the beginning, uh, in obviously in his second spell last season. But I still wanted to see more from him. But I, I did not want us to sell him. And you know, he started the season. And he started off. I thought he'd left a little bit of a, lost a little bit of a twinkle in his eye in the spring in his step. And I don't know, you know, obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. If there was actually a, a proper bid from Tottenham and they put it on the table to him and he said no or or they was telling him whatever. But I thought he lost something, so I was really glad that I saw him in the interview last night because I could see that twinkle in his eye, and he's even said he's, he's trying to be more serious with the captaincy, so maybe that, that had shut me up on, on, on that intense. But I, like Mark said, he was absolutely amazing yesterday. You know, I, I'm not interested in any of the abuse he gets on Twitter because they're fucking clueless. You know, I saw so many teams yesterday with him not in it, and I think he started off the season particularly quite well. Yesterday was by far his best game uh, in the Chelsea shirt. As Mark said, he was absolutely everywhere. He had that little bit more of a license to roam, which I really enjoyed. I don't like him too deep and I don't like Enzo too far forward. And I thought they got the balance really well yesterday. Potts got it amazingly well. And I said, even when they took off like Mudrick, he was he had drifted out to the right and he was covering that until more subs come on late in the game. It, you know, he had an aggression to him, his passing, his, his burst of speed. He had absolutely everything. And as Mark said, I still can't believe that people can look at him and then say, well, he's still not good enough, this and that. It's absolute freaking bollocks. You know, he can't do any more at the moment, apart from, as Mark said, chip in with a few more goals. But that's me being picky because I think he's been outstanding. Well, I, th- I think it's you'll... A, it, sorry, go on, Mark. Sorry, go on. Go on. It's, it's, a di- it's a different position as well, but it's, it's also like people are supposedly paying to be experts when they're probably more like Andy Warhol says, just want to be famous for 15 minutes. Certain players sometimes fit certain football teams. Uh, and again, it comes back to that training ground. If people looked at John Bunstead now, there'd be a load of these idiots going, oh, what does he do? He's not worth his place in the team. Mm. But yeah, if, if people watched as we watch John Bumstead and people watch Conor Gallagher, you just see what he brings. And that comes back to Pochettino seems to trust him. He must do. He's giving him the captaincy. He is seeing something on that training ground with that young man thinking, not only do I want him in the team every week, he's my captain in the absence of Chilwell and, and Rhys James. And he was rewarded last night with just, as Dane is like to say, his best performance. He's played well this season. That was his best performance by far last night. He was tremendous. And that's got to be through coaching on the training ground as well. 
as I said, him and Fernandez, they just seemed to know, you know, what each other was doing last night, and they both wrote, wow. but they also covered for it as well. And Casado did his his job as well. That was just the perfect midfield trio last night. Yeah, it's wow. going to be hard for someone to break into that unless, as I said, for purely tactical reasons, we might play two holding midfield players, say at a Man City. Or Liverpool, for example. Well, indeed. Uh, well, well, we'll talk more about about uh, how how that's panning out actually with the midfield in 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 part two. But uh, breaking news: uh, Nick has now sent me evidence. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Are you ready for this? He's got, he's got photographic evidence. I've Fantastic. got evidence. Ready? See? Look at that. Oh. Now, if you see that, that, if you see that seat number around there, it says one one five. I was in one one oh seven, so I think that way. So there you go. Who's this with? That, that that's Nick? Nick. That's Nick. I was about to say, look at that smile, and obviously well, I don't, it wasn't I don't, Nick. I don't think that's Nick, is it? Because, <laughs> I mean, Nick's a good-looking boy, it has to be said. But, I, you know, if a push came to shove, I would choose Bella, I think, on most occasions. But do, do you know what would have been even better if Nick had taken a photo and you were somehow in the back? <laughs> well, I know, I know. Well, I, I know, but there is another one. There's another one. Here we go. There's the, there's the um, next one. That's that's Nick's yeah, proof that she was in fact sitting <laughs> in front of me. I can't fucking believe it. I cannot yeah. believe it. Nick, you're a legend. Well done for sending those through, that's mate. Brilliant. That, that's well uh, done, Nick. <laughs> that's, that's given the given the chaps, as uh, Viali would say. Uh, I love the way you. I said. I said, "Is that Nick?" I'm not meaning that you thought. I thought Bella was Nick. I meant. Is that, <laughs> I meant it's Nick sent in the picture. It was Nick who sent in the picture. Oh yeah, she's gorgeous. She's lovely as well. She's lovely. She's personality and everything. Oh, yeah. actually, just one final thing about Conor Gallagher. Just yes. mentioned that about being lovely. You, you, you know, Kathy Chidge. Uh, which Kathy? There are many. No, CFC Kathy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, for the Bournemouth game. Um, I think a lot of old school Chelsea went down the Friday night and I think they were staying, Kathy and Becky were staying in the, and Dog were staying in the same hotel as the team and she met Conor Gallagher and she just said, what a nice young man as well. Good stock, come from a good family. You know, came over, chatted to people, Cole Palmer was the same. She said, another really nice young man. We've got, we've got some good young men playing yeah, for our football club but, yeah, with the right approach as well. Yeah, not not got the headphones on. They actually come over and, and talk to the supporters in the hotel. Yeah. Well, there'll be more of that later, but I think that also says a lot. I think Pochettino uh, has probably got a lot to do with that. He strikes me as a, as a kind of bloke who would instill that kind of behaviour into his players. Now, uh, we're going to go to part two in a second. Before we do, uh, time to give the ritual plug to... I saw, I saw DJ last night. He was on cracking form outside the ground. Uh, always lovely to see DJ. No doubt I'll be seeing him on Saturday as well. But anyway, the CFC UK stall is uh, opposite uh, the Fulham Broadway Tube, the main entrance to Fulham Broadway Tube on a home match day. And uh, you can get your copy there, uh, as well as, you know, various books by people such as Mark Meehan. He's written a few have books. I read, have, I, have I written a book? I, I believe you have, mate. I believe you have. One or two. <laughs> Uh, Mark Worrell, of course, many, many others. Marco and, and Dave are always there. Mark turns up. I, I mean, well, I always go. That's part of my match day ritual to go and say hello to the chaps uh, at the CFC UK store. Many others do. It's a really good place to hang out on a match day. But if you, it, particularly, actually, this is a good point. If you come from abroad or, or it, you know, if you don't get to many matches and you don't really know anybody, uh, you know, you haven't come with anybody, then then go and say hello and, and you know, announce yourself to those at the store because they're a very welcoming bunch. You know, we, 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 and they particularly love it if, if people are at their first game or don't make it very often or have come from abroad. Isn't that right, Mark? Yeah. And again, you know, very occasionally, um, 
come along if people don't have a ticket because for you know because it's a focal point the stall. Yeah. Um, if people have got a spare ticket on the day, they quite often go at the stall first and say to DJ, "Look, I've got a spare ticket today. Is anyone looking for a ticket?" So it's also you should come along if you're needing the ticket because sometimes you know DJ delivers the goods. But it's just a good crowd there. You've got Chuckles is there as well. You know Tim Rolls will be there. Julie be there. Debs will be there. There's a good crowd of people there. Worth worth coming along if you've never been before. Definitely, we don't, we don't bite. No, we don't. It's a, it's a good place to be. It's a good. It's part of my match day ritual. That's for sure. Now you can get a copy of said fans. You're either buying it there on a match day or from one of the sellers in the uh, in the Fulham on the King, or the Kings Road, Fulham Road. Get it right. Good grief, Gigi. Geography was never my strong point. Um, but you can also, if you can't make the games, don't worry because you can get a copy sent to you in the post, uh, and you go to fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, and you can subscribe for an entire year uh, and to do that it'll cost you 20 quid uh, in the UK 45 quid in Europe 60 quid in the uh, rest of the world or you alternatively you can get a, a copy emailed to you so a, a PDF basically and that'll cost you six quid for a year subscription or one pound each and all of that can be paid via PayPal um, also massive shout out and I think this is really important I mean we've been I've been doing this plug on this show pretty much over 10 years but i think this is it, it, it is increasingly important mark will explain why in a minute but um you know get yourself a chelsea pitch owner's share owning a share means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium which protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future thus ensuring that football is played at stamford bridge its spiritual home uh now shares are priced between 110 quid for an electronic share up to 173 quid for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player and uh, you need to go to the Chelsea website chelseafc.com and search for Chelsea pitch owners but that's the point isn't it mark you know we we i mean we have at the club on the board uh, a property developer who happens to support spurs i trust him completely <laughs> i don't know who you mean no, can't um, I, think, yeah. can't think. no I, I, th- I think it's re- really important and uh had a catch up with chris is it from chelsea pitch owners at the last home game it's never been more important than ever as a chelsea support if you haven't bought a cpo share now might be the time to do so any conversation and there will be a conversation at some point in the future especially as the consultation with stoll um completed last week and Stoll's trustees will make a decision about the selling of their land to Chelsea Football Club probably sometime this month and they've already provisionally prior to consultations said yay they've got a rubber stamp that decision so then Chelsea purchase Stoll's land Stoll will then have to rehouse all the occupants in the land and then there's a massive conversation to be had about one would hope, the redevelopment of Stamford Bridge. And you can't have a conversation about the redevelopment of Stamford Bridge without talking to Chelsea pitch owners. So they are front and centre stage. And if you've not seen it today, Chelsea have announced um, the publication of their first ever fan engagement plan, which all Premier League clubs are required to do. I think contained in there, you know, it talks about heritage items, and sort of following the sort of fan-led review by the government last year, there are a number of heritage items such as the badge on our shirt, the colour of our shirt, and our stadium as well. So any sort of change to that, there will be a conversation with supporters through the Chelsea pitch 
And obviously the priority of the Chelsea pitch owners is to keep football at Stamford Bridge forevermore. And it is quite important because there's a misconception about CPO. And you see some of it back to our awful friends in X or Twitter, whatever you call them. They, they almost see like, you know, the, the Chelsea pitch owners as this strange body. Actually, most Chelsea pitch owners, guess what? Our Chelsea supporters who go and watch their team every week. It's not rocket science, boys and girls, but some of these people on social media have them as this mystical body. Yeah, well, they've got to deal with those, those wicked Chelsea pitch owners. Do you know what? We would have got away with it if it wasn't for those pesky Chelsea pitch owners. Chelsea, CPO is really important. Buy shit if you haven't already done so. Really, really interesting, Mark, to see that Chelsea. I, I, I read the uh, um, what did what do they call it? Uh, fan engagement. Yeah, I've now, fan engagement yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to look at your your message actually. Yeah, yeah, Chelsea FC shares fan engagement plan. Really nice of them to nick our strap line, the supporters trust strap line. Chelsea supporters trust making your voice heard. It's been it's been there since 2013 when I came up with it. So what have they got? How you can make your voice heard. Well, I'll tell you what, you can make your voice heard by joining the fucking Supporters Trust. Simple. Right, on that <laughs> on that mic, <laughs> mic drop. Mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> on that mic drop. Yes, ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. It's very easy. You know where to go. Uh, we will be back for part two in a very short while. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. 
Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge and I am very happy to be here tonight because not only did Chelsea win 2-0 away at Fulham and I was there. Uh, one downside being that I missed the fact that Bella Silva was uh, a mere four <laughs> rows in front of me as was highlighted in part one. But I'm, I'm over it now. Honestly, I'm <laughs> over it. I'm over it because I'm joined by two absolutely brilliant, brilliant mates uh, who are be- becoming very firm favourites of this here show. And they are Dane Whittle. You're not over it. I'm not over it, am I? No, it's so fucking obvious I'm not over it. <laughs> and the fantastic legend that is Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. No, I was saying he's definitely not over it. No, I'm not over it. Do you know what? I was talking to, to a few peeps last night. Uh, in the, I'll t- I tell you who else I saw last night. I saw Rob Pie, you know, CFC Pie last night. Rob's on great form. Great to see. Well, yeah, Pie. Pie um, he, he tweeted earlier in the day, I'm sure he, he was getting a new bathroom fitted. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he tweeted earlier in the day because I think Rob had plans to get out early, go to the pub before the Fulham game. And I'm sure he tweeted. I'm sure it was yesterday. I don't think it was like last week's game. I think it was yesterday. Where I think mean, I think he had this expectation like the guy would turn up you know, like morning Rob ready to do your bath. Yeah. And the guy turned up early doors. He didn't bring the bath with him. <laughs> yeah, go and get the bath. <laughs> so I think Rob's thinking, hang on, this is valuable drinking time. Then he posts a photo later where obviously the bath had gone in and he must have taken from the room downstairs this bloody great hole in the ceiling. Oh, brilliant. No, I, I love Rob. Rob's one of my favourite people. He's yeah. just, uh, yeah. I, whenever I see him at a game, I just give run up, run up to him with a big hug. I always love seeing Rob. So it's a good crowd there. I was talking and I was actually saying. Uh, you know that that um, that we are. Uh, I think it's somebody who I was with Neil, and and we. I don't know matters of, of, of relating to the trust and FAB were brought up, and I was saying, and this is this is going to blow smoke right up your derriere, Mark. But I said, what what people might not realise. I mean, obviously we've known you for a long time, but um, people who don't know any of us very well might not be aware of this. But I was saying that, that, you know, of all the people who could be the chairman of the Chelsea Sports Trust at the moment, you are without doubt the most appropriate because Mark and I were saying, not Mark and I, Neil and I were saying, you know, obviously it's election time coming up. I'm going to put my name forward again. So is Cliff, hopefully. And Cliff and I are the only two on the board now who who were there at the beginning. But Mark, Mark, Mark's been, you know, involved in this kind of stuff for decades. I mean, Mark goes back... A long, long way. Mark was at the beginning of all of this. Editor of the Chelsea Independent, you know, getting told off by Ken Bates in the 90s. I mean, you know, there's nobody better to be the supporters of Trust Chairman at the moment than Mark. So we are very lucky for that. So just picking up on what we were saying in part one about joining the Sports Trust. And there are elections coming up, aren't there? And an AGM, Mark. They are. And uh, I, I use a line regularly that I used 30 years ago um, when we, I think, sponsored... I think it was Steve Clark's testimonial, and we fell out with Ken's. We knocked our advert out and nicked our strap line. So history repeating itself. The club nicking things that supporters come up with, and it's ultimately that the club belongs to the supporters. We are the supporters. Every single person that goes every week, every single person that's a Chelsea pitch owner shareholder, we are the supporters. Yes, without the Chelsea supporters, this isn't the football club, and. Owners come and go, players come and go, which Jan Frankenzola has said before. The one constant, back to Stamford Bridge again, is Stamford Bridge, Chelsea Football Club being there, and Chelsea supporters. In terms of um, Chelsea Supporters Trust, our annual general meeting you've made reference to takes place on Saturday the 14th of October. 
there should be a message going out tonight. It may have already landed from me to all CST members. Just reminding about the meeting arrangements to attend if you wish to attend. If you can't, if you want to attend the meeting on Zoom. If you want to put a motion in, details how to put a motion in. If you want to put yourself up uh, for the board, um, nominations mo most welcome. Please, please do so. How that process work as well. Uh, and if you want to do either of those, you need to get that in, I think, by 11 o'clock uh, this Friday evening. I look forward to seeing as many people as possible on Saturday the 14th. And we'll make sure you get fed and watered as well. And it'll be in one of the suites in the West End at Stamford Bridge. And probably as a good lead-in to plug another item, if you are coming along in person, there might be um, a chance for you to hang around. You may already have a ticket for this because a certain Mr. Paul Cannibal is holding an event in the evening. He, he is indeed. Um, just to, to, to uh, tie up a couple of things about the AGM, it's on the 14th of uh, October, as Mark said. It'll be in the West Stand. Uh, it's 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. You need to be a paid-up member to go number one yep. and if, if you want to stand for election which you're most welcome to do and by the way for the agm you can if you remember you can put forward motions which will become policy for the next year so if you've got an idea um about anything really but obviously chelsea related then you can you can write in a motion which will then get voted on at the at the agm but also if you want to stand for election and i mean the more the merrier and i tell you what talking to dom about this yesterday the younger the better OK, I mean, you know, we've got a few youngsters on the board, but it would be great to have some more because you lot are the future of the club. We're all old farts. We won't be there forever. You know, maybe we've got another 10 years in us if we're lucky. But, uh, you know, we need we need some young blood in there as well. So if you're young, it's it's fun. You know, honestly, it's not it's not boring, musty old stuff. It's really active. And there's a lot of other things that go on with this other than challenging the club on all sorts of stuff. So if you're young and you Absolutely. want to get involved, yeah. do it. Um, but to do it, you've got to be a paid-up member, and you you Correct. you need to get a, a. If you are a paid-up member, you will have been emailed the details, and then you can. There's a form you fill in. You need somebody who is also a paid-up member to nominate you, which you just go and ask one of your mates, and you need to get that all in by Friday, uh, 11 p.m. As Mark was saying, now uh, the Black and Blue Legends event is is Canna's big big event of the year. Uh, and it is on Saturday the 14th uh, under the bridge actually in the evening there will be Chelsea legends past and present there live ska music reggae and soul DJs it's it's clearly it's it's exactly what you would expect it's a, it's a celebration of black footballers at Chelsea FC and as we know Canners was the first uh, and therefore it, it's brilliant that it embraces all of this there'll be uh, keynote speakers I think um, Paul Elliott will be there uh Omid, Ken Moncow. Ken Omid's usually there, isn't he? Comparing Omid's it. usually there. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be others as well. There's a war winning poet rapper. I'm, I think I can't remember he's a nice guy actually. I can't remember his name now. Um but anyway, he was at the last one and there'll be exclusive player content and there'll be a quiz which Mark Meehan will not be winning because he's not in it. <laughs> but he'll be he'll be there. He'll be there cheering on the person that has won it going up against Sean Wallace from the yeah. chase. I'll be there too, but I mean, it, it finishes quite late, I think, doesn't it? Oh, no. I don't think you or I would dance into ska music at one o'clock in the morning. Well, I, I probably will have to drive, which is yeah. a real pain in the arse. So I, I'll, I'll pop my head in, say hello to a few people. You know what this means. It, it, if I can't drink, I'm in good order because I will get home. October the 14th. There we go, just for those of you who need to remind. If you want a ticket, by the way, I think they're 25 quid a pop. 
Uh, eventbrite.com forward slash e forward slash paul hyphen canaville hyphen foundation hyphen black hyphen and hyphen blue hyphen legend you get the picture blue legends celebration <laughs> tickets just go to eventbrite and put in paul canaville you'll probably find it there all right uh is that it for the uh, reminders paul paul uh mark I think I think it is. Um, yeah. There's one more yeah, which all, I'll do at the end of the show. All right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think all bases covered. They yeah. probably bored bored to the back teeth of us plugging shit. So you better talk some football. Um, here we go, Dane. Question for you, mate. Um, I, I mean, I thought you know it was a good performance, good away win. It's good to win. We need to win at the moment because we've had a bit of a shonky start. Not to to put it mildly, uh, there were some really good performances all round in terms of uh, who played well and who didn't play well. But I thought, good team performance. So it got me thinking, Dane, are, are we, you know, because we say this about, uh, you know, a lot of teams and managers, don't we? Something you know, like Potter last year, chopping and changing all the time. Does he know his best 11? Probably not. Is is this close to our best 11, do you think, at the moment? Well, if you're including in any potential first 11 Unkunku, James, Chilwell, Sterling has been played. He has been, I, would, I wouldn't play him against Burnley. I think he's, he, he's, he's, the wingers have proven themselves. And Madrid and Cole Palmer's uh, performances just in the Fulham game has been better than any other winger this season. That includes Chilwell, Sterling or, or Madweka, who hasn't had a lot of chance. It, it's a hard one to answer because I've written down potentially the team I, ex- I, I, I expect him to play uh, against Burnley. But obviously, I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves. I just want to see who is available, who will eventually come available. And you think uh, Gustone Jackson will be back from suspension. Uh, Chucky is close as well. And let's not forget that the first couple of games of the season, you know, that first half against West Ham and, and a good six minutes against Liverpool, he really made Jackson, well, not look good, but if they complement each other so well, that's another option. Lavia, potentially, God knows when he will be back. Uh, I think we'll potentially have 27 squad players. So that means seven will miss out. And these are not just any old players. These are, I'm not even including the youngsters who've been on the bench. You know, the, the, probably the biggest youngster I've got in that 27 is is, is Leslie. Uh, this is, you know, I doubt obviously Fafana won't make it. But to answer that question, in this very instance, that is his best team because that was the best performance of the season. Uh, very similar to the Brighton game, which I thought we performed well. We, we was our own worst enemy against Brighton. I don't think they did much. It was our it was our mistakes. It was whether it was Sanchez or Cucurella who I don't know what happened to Cucurella at half time. He was having a stinking forty five minutes. He came out at half time and had a freaking amazing game. Don't know if one of the Brighton lot wound him up, but he Fo- followed, up it, followed, it up followed it yeah, up last night. Followed it up. Yeah, he followed it up last night. He he obviously has this habit of sort of like still diving in and cutting across, but everything else he did was superb. He was like almost playing, you know. Like it was a man on a mission. Uh, so in this in moment, yeah, best performance of the season. That team starts against Burnley, uh, and everyone else will have to wait for their moment and earn it. Obviously, you know, whenever Reese is back, or as I said, Nkunku, Nkunku is a while off, so he will have to 
go through the Broyer Broyer school of of obviously a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there until he gets that chance, and then if he performs, then then you get in. But it's up to these lot now to to obviously lose. They're in a great position at eleven. Mm. I mean, Mark, I, I think what I'm also kind of saying really is that you know we need it's not just the best players is it you pick for an 11 it's the best team and to get the best team you need them to gel and that means you need them to play regularly and I think chopping and changing unnecessarily helps nobody okay I get the horses for courses argument that's very valid but I mean if you look at that team that I like that back five okay Cucurella um you wouldn't normally have a, a right back. You'd have. We knew he had a right foot. Well, quite, but you'd have. Re- but yeah, but it doesn't matter because Aspie used to play right or left back, so mm-hmm. you know it can work both ways, can't it? But I mean, normally you'd have Reese James there or, or Gusto, who's done well. But I mean, Cucurella showed that he can do a job. But basically, four out of that back five, you'd absolutely nail on a starters. Um, I think that three in midfield and the balance and the, and the, and the system that they, they operate in works very, very well with uh, Fernandes, Caicedo and Gallagher. Um, I think Mudrick is the most exciting winger we have by, by a country mile. OK, he needs to improve, but he will if he plays more. Cole Palmer has to start. I mean, whether he's, whether he's out on the right in a 4-3-3 or, if, I mean, you could, as I said, I you, know, you could play him a 4-3-2-1 or whatever. I mean, I see him as more of a number ten than a winger, um, but I'd like to see him start. And Brozier's arguably, arguably the best striker we have at the club. Now, okay, I know he's pretty unproven still, but actually, if you look at Premier League experience, he's the most experienced striker we have by a long shot. Uh, and he scored more goals than anybody else as a striker has, uh, albeit for Southampton a lot of the time. But you know, for me, that that's as close as we get at the moment with who he has available. The starting eleven and, and a good eleven. I mean, okay, you know, as as uh, as Dane was saying, you've got um, you've got Unkunku, but we don't know how long he's out for. Uh, you, you know, Madueki, Sterling. It's interesting, but I I think I think that's close in terms of balance and the best team that he can put out at the moment. I would say in terms of midfield, yes. Dane's right. You know, you look at the players are out at this present moment in time. When they're all fit, yeah, Pochettino will have a headache. But I don't, I don't think you can tweak much from the team we had against Fulham the other night. You, you'd play Mudrick, you'd play Brozier, you'd play Palmer. So that's your top six. Or if you play Sanchez in goal, is then what you do with the back four? And to be honest, the back four are performing heroics at the moment. We've got one of the lowest number of goals conceded in the league. The poodle is surprising people, bless him. So until these players are fit, that's probably your starting eleven. And players on the periphery then who might get regular subs appearances, you know, will will be your Carney, will be your Madawike, will will be your Sterling. But the rest of them, your Fafanas, your Chalabas, your Lavies, your Baddy Shields, I don't think they're anywhere near Baddy Shield might be a bit further ahead than the other three anywhere near a starting place at the moment until they get full fitness. So this pretty much is the team with the others mentioned on the bench and maybe a couple of kids from the academy like um, Stutter and Gilchrist. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you, do you think it's beginning to gel? Oh, it's... it's you, On one game, too soon to call. I think it was very good last night for the first 45 minutes. We were very, very good. It probably helped that Fulham 
didn't get a sniff. You know, defence sort of snuffed them out completely. It's a massive step forward in the right direction. That's two games in a row we've won. We've put Brighton out. Granted, it might be Brighton B. We've beat Fulham. I think the next few games should be key. If we get a win at Turf Moor on Saturday, which we should do because we are a better team than Burnley, and then it's how we do, you know, in the games that follow, coming up against Arsenal and Brentford, I think, and then Tottenham are going to be really important. Mm. I mean, are we beginning to gel? I mean, it's, it, there's been a subplot going on, which I've missed, actually, and I know JK, JK's had the hump for a while. I mean, I, I think people... For, I mean, we had a very interesting conversation, me, JK, and Tony uh, last Friday. You know, Tony's being very sanguine about it, very optimistic, very positive. JK, on you know, it sounds like he's being negative, but I, I know JK well. He's not a negative guy. He gets very upset when we lose, but JK is a perfectionist. This is where I've always tussled with JK in the past. I'm a realist and a pragmatist. JK is a perfectionist. So, you know, JK will be critical of of a Chelsea team. I mean, he would have been, I can't remember now because it's a long time ago, but I bet you JK would have been critical of some of the performances in our Champions League win in in 2021. You know, that's just how JK is. But actually, I think the subtext, which I'm annoyingly missed over the last few weeks, is I I do actually think that Chelsea have played quite well. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's, there's several interesting articles have come out saying, well, actually, look, actually, Chelsea, everybody going on saying they're really, really shit. Actually, yeah, the results have been really shit, but the performances have actually been quite good. And they should have been putting these teams away. It's only because they haven't got somebody who can stick the ball in the onion bag that they haven't. And uh, I thought Paul Merson was very interesting on a comment that he made saying that we're going to give somebody an absolute stuffing sooner or later because we're not playing badly and we're creating a lot of chances. So when I say we're beginning to gel, I think that's what I'm talking about. And I wonder if we are indeed beginning to turn uh, to, to, to gel and actually by winning two games on the trot and if we beat Burnley, I wonder if we can then say, Dane, that we might have turned a corner. Hopefully, hopefully, with fingers crossed. I'm, I, I echo practically all what you say. I don't think we've we we we've done too bad. A lot of our performances, there's there's been parts of the game where I've been encouraged at. Even the Forest game where we lost one nil. That was a game I've seen so many times over the years where we've had an Eden Hazard produce a bit of magic and we end up winning one nil. Unfortunately, on that day, Forest defended really well. We never had that magic. Uh, but I'm encouraged. I, I, I see the team. I, I see the movement. As I said, that performance against Fulham, the way we was passing and moving the ball all around is, is, was full of confidence. Like we had, you know, we had, we had been on an, an unbeaten on run and, you know, a four or five game winning streak. Uh, whether it's 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 the extra weeks that they're getting, rather although obviously we had the, the the cup game in the middle of last week, you know the extra work on the training ground, or the fact he's just gone a little bit more braver, you know uh, Jackson who, who got terribly criticised for so long. If you look back to his best performances, I mentioned about ten fifteen minutes ago, it was with it was with Chucky. Uh, who was up with him, who's an attacking player, not an Enzo, you know. Enzo's not that sort of player to compliment him, but we don't need that Jackson at the moment because we had Broya, Mudrick and Cole Palmer really complimenting each other with with Connor and Enzo bouncing around, you know, supporting them. It's, this is this is encouraging times. This is something we've, we, we, we've been praying for and hoping for. And if we beat Burnley, you're going to expect that that 11... 12, 13 or 14 have gelled and 
it's it's given us massive positive signs and as said for the other players they have to they have to perform if they want to get in this thing we've seen bits and pieces from sterling but it's not good enough you know we want to see more you know he's had the odd good bitch you know he was criticized against forest but he was the one who put the two balls through one in the first half one in the second half and it wasn't his fault but they they were missed fairly easy chances so we know what he can do and a lot of chelsea fans will say well we haven't seen him do it enough well if he's watching Cole Palmer Mudrick on uh, yesterday, then he knows what he has to do to get in that team. Yeah, I mean, I, but to I, answer your question, I think I think this is it's hard to get too ahead of ourselves. Too right. But I am very happy, and if we beat Burnley with a good performance like that, where we move the ball around and make uh, Burnley run as much as Fulham did, then wow, you know, massively encouraged, and we can talk about Jelen next week. I mean, I, I won't to pick up on Sterling. I won't. I won't criticize him for not being up to being a false number nine because uh, you yeah. know I, I, I you know I, I've stuck up for players who've been played out of position for many many years but I what, what I will criticize him for he was at it again last night and I know this because I was behind the bloody goal but he could have he could have put his laces through a shot and instead he passes it square and I, I mean that that I mean you know I don't know I mean maybe he's not a striker maybe he's a I think he's had more isn't he had more touches in the penalty area this this early on in the season rather than he did the whole of last yeah, season well, or some, yeah. some stupid stuff. He definitely wants it more, but wanting it more and producing those performances are two different things. You know, they've got to come together and he's he's trying. I can see he's trying, but it's just it's not not in the foot at the moment, unfortunately. No. And I think the other thing, Chidge, which you wouldn't know, and I'll, you know, we we'd know from watching it last night, one of the things Peter Drury said in his commentary is Sterling had been ill ill for three days. Had he? Mm. That's yeah, why he didn't exactly. play, yeah. That's why he did. So that was another reason why they start with Brozier. So Pot- Potch Brozier. would have picked him then. There's a possibility he, he might. We probably wouldn't have won. Well, we don't know. We don't. We don't know. But <laughs> you know, what he did say you know, is that Sterling had been ill for three days. So if that focus, sometimes I don't always bad luck in him. Sometimes you have to be lucky. Yeah, and with, with the team formation you end up with by players being injured, players not being available. <laughs> And you end up with an 11. And to use your point, that 11 just gel. You've seen it years ago with Bobby Robson shocking England World Cup. You know, just by luck, he ends up with a team that takes him through almost to the last stage of competition. So sometimes luck gets you there, but good coaching on the training ground mm. takes you there a bit step, uh, one step further. So those 11 players may not have been the first choice. Well, they certainly weren't looking at people's comments last night. They may not have been the first choice for many Chelsea fans at the start of the season, but that eleven performed extremely well last night. It'd be hard to change that team for Saturday's game, game against Burnley. I mean, the it's thing- funny because sorry, it's funny because no matter what, I think we've actually complimented everyone. But I'm, I was trying to think when we was going on to another player, another player. I was thinking, have we missed anyone out? Because there must be someone saying, well, "What about him? What about him?" Sorry, just to interrupt. I was. I think we did. I think we. No, I think we. I think we. We. Yeah, everybody got a shout out. Dizazi, Maybe not him though, but Dzarzi often gets ignored. But I think. I mean, he's. Yeah, been, Mark said Dzarzi. Yeah, yeah, he's been very, very solid. I mean, you know, for me, it, the, the thing that I think really caught my eye yesterday was that they looked like they knew what they were doing. Mm. They've spent a lot of this season doing it in fits and starts, and a lot of the time looking like they've never played together. Now, that's hardly surprising because, you know, it is effectively a new team this season. There's a lot of new players there. So, yes, you know, we, we I know we're impatient. We all want to win every match. But it is going to take them time before they start to get to know. I mean, you talk to... to, talk to I mean, I, I've talked to Kerry endlessly about that 83-84 side. 
and 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 he he talks about this but when he came in it took time for them to, i know he walloped derby 5-0 in the first match but his relationship with speedy famously took time to figure out and it does take time to figure out where he's going to be when he's going to be making a run what position he's going to take up where, where is he going to be when they're out of possession all these things it does take time to get to know what you're doing you know so uh I'm not surprised it's taking a little bit of time. One one other thing I would say, and this is the danger for us this season, I think, as supporters, we've got a lot of young players. This we know. Young players have a horrible habit of looking brilliant one week and terrible the next. It's mm. really very much just kind of part of the way that they develop as players. So, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's part of us that's sitting here saying, oh, great, we won two matches in a row, beat Burnley, and then we're off, and then it'll be like Chelsea that we've known, you know, for the last 20... It might not be because, you know, we might beat Burnley on Saturday and then get humped by Brentford. I mean, because that's where we are with the kind of players that we've got at the moment because they're very, very young and they, they're, they're likely to put a, put in a stinker now and again, aren't they, Mark? I think we have to be very patient. Now, I know that's a contradiction to how many people are. And this isn't the criticism of JK. JK wants us to be successful. Yeah. We've spent, we spent a billion pounds. We should be an elite team with an elite manager. Is very much his philosophy. J- JK he- should be the manager, mate. I mean, I, I mean, you know, we, we, all this talk of Frank <laughs> Lampard was giving out last yeah. night about Chelsea yeah. standards and all of that. I can't think of anybody better to uphold yeah. the standards of Chelsea than JK. He settles yeah. for yeah. nothing less nothing. than hundred yeah. percent, and that's why I love yeah. him. And he won't accept that. But um, I think you know, I'm I'm patient. I'm. It's going to take a while, and. If we look back over these six or seven games so far this season, we probably haven't started with the same eleven in any game. So it would be good to do that on Saturday against Burnley. And I think the other thing I was going to mention, like while you're away, and it was a bit of a miserable time when we'd lost to Aston Villa, and Tony and I were on the Monday after that Sunday. And I think one of the things we said, in contrast to last season, and I think you just mentioned it as well, we're creating the chances. That's something we certainly are doing this season. We're certainly creating the chances where last season, you know, the amount of times, and there was a bit of it still this season, it's still there. You know, that Sarri, it's almost like culture it hasn't been sort of beaten out of them. You know, that, you know, pass it, pass it, pass it, where you just think, and I think we said it, just shoot, bloody shoot. Mm. Yeah, and I think Sterling falls into that as well. Is, Lampard is better than anybody because actually you take the shot of goal. Sometimes it goes in off two or three players and goes in. It goes in. And that's what matters. So certainly we're creating the chances. We probably need to shoot more, but I think that's how we were set up. I think what will be fascinating is there is an opportunity over the next few weeks. If you had Jackson and Brozier up together, I wonder how that would work. That that would be really... Because Jackson, I don't think, can play on his own. At the expense of whom, though? But that's the problem. Mudrick, Palmer, so, Gallagher? You can't. No, Mudrick, not at the present moment, you can't. But again, sometimes injury dictates the team you end up with and then that team then performs. Mm. At, at this present moment <coughs> in time, after last night's game, you've got Brozier ahead of Jackson. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, here's yeah. the thing, though, Mark. I mean, you know, it, 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 I, I cheekily said, is this our best 11 at the moment? But it's not an 11-man game. It's a fifteen-man mm. game, so you know. The, I think I think mm. I would start with this, but I mean, it allows you to tinker. So you know, if you need a goal, you bring somebody on to partner. You know, Jackson. If he starts, you bring somebody on to partner Jackson, or you play Jackson and Brozier, whatever. That's how it works these days. But I, I think we're you know at the moment that's the best eleven that I've seen thus far. I mean, it's easy to say that after a two-nil win uh, 
against Fulham. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you both. I mean, a bit, bit of patience. We're gonna do. We're just gonna have to be patient. Nathan's put something on Mixler, which is a very pertinent point. Actually, he says, "But, but I can almost hear Nathan saying it. But <laughs> the reason we have so many young players with potential, blah blah blah, is because the owners haven't bought a balanced side who can compete this season." I completely agree, Nathan. It's a hundred percent right. It is spot on as much as anything that is. It's as spot on as Mister McSpot on from McSpot on sure, as Blackadder <laughs> might say. But we are where we are, Nathan. There's nothing, you, me, Mark, Dane. None of us can change that. We can't go back in time and stop them buying all these young, unproven, talented players. We are where we are. So we just have. I'm afraid we can We have to accept it because we cannot change it. And it pisses me off like it pisses you off. We don't need to be in this position. We really, really don't. I mean, I said on the show on Friday, if we'd have bought Declan Rice, James Ward-Prowse and James Madison, we'd probably be, probably be competing for top four this season because you had proven, experienced... Um, oh, and Ivan Tony. I think I bunged him in or somebody, a decent striker. You know, the bottom line is, if we'd have done that, proven Premier League players, we probably would have been competing for top four. But we didn't. So we're not... And we are where we are, and there's nothing we can do about it. Isn't that right, Mark? No, it is. We, we, we are where we are. That comes back to my point about patience. It might take a while for us to end up with the 11, the elite 11 that JK is obviously striving for, that gets us back to where we have previously been. It might be this season. It might not be this season. It might be the following season. We might buy another player in January. We might buy a few players in January. We might buy a few players next summer till we get to that sort of sweet spot where we've got 11, as you say, 16-man game, you know, a squad of sort of like 16 playing regularly, swapping around tactics that makes Chelsea a competitive force once more. We were never going to get relegated and that was reinforced, you know, what Tony and I said last Monday week. But it could take us a while to get us back into the top four. Who knows this this season? Yeah, we just we hey, just don't I mean, know. It's it's yeah. not it's not even. I mean, honestly, if look, we're led to believe. We're told by those that have bigger footballing brains than any of us that uh, you know that we are we we have bought a load of talented players, and uh, who knows? You know, if uh, if. Uh, Sorry, Bob Uzray just said that Burnley just beat Luton 2-1, which means I've probably registered minus points in the Prem Predictions League this I'm week. I'm already minus. I'm already I'm minus. Yeah, I, went for Luton. I went for a Luton win as well. I went for yeah. a one-all. I went for a one-all. Anyway, yeah, I'm distracted. Well, also, in terms of the other thing, in Dean's fan cast um, prediction at the start of the season for all of us, when he asked the question, who was going to be our top scorer for this season, I went for Ivan Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, stranger things have happened. Might happen yet. Well, yet. you know, I was going to say, I mean, look, you know, who knows? If they do gel, if, if Pochettino mm. d- does manage to get a tune out of them mm. and they and they do realise this potential that we're all told that they have. We're currently sitting in, 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 in 11th. We've got eight points. Uh, Liverpool are in fourth on 16. <laughs> It's not gone yet. I mean, it would take a hell of a, you know, or, I mean, okay, I accept that we're all, I mean, eight points behind uh, fourth place is not a healthy position to be mm. in. But we have only played seven games. There's a lot of points to play for, you know, and, and you can go on a run. I mean, I, I I wouldn't count it out just yet. I think it's it's unlikely, I'll be honest with you. But, you know, stranger things have happened. We ain't going to win the league, but we could have said that about the last five seasons. 
So, I mean, you know, that that's that's almost a given, I'm afraid, these days. Well, but we could win a cup. We could win a cup. And I don't know. I mean, you know, who knows? We might, we might, uh, we might, we might actually, you never know. We might, we put a run together and it all gels. Like, you never know. We might challenge for top four. It's not out of the question. Or we could get into the European Conference League, win that, and then we can justifiably say we've won it all. I like that. <laughs> I do. I do like the idea of being the European Conference League just to win it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll... I, I, I actually, you know, the other one is we, we haven't won is the Papa John's. Yeah. Well, if it goes really pear-shaped, we're, we're always in contention for that. And then, then we'd end up playing Southampton again and we can ram that down their fucking throats. They're always singing that. Johnson's paid trophy. You've never won that. Yes. Um. Actually, talking of, uh, I mean, we 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 can't. Oh, we're going to say talking of pizza. Talking of pizza. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very. That good. was. That was. I thought that was funny. It was. People funny. lost their shit I yesterday know. about Domino's pizzas. Like, come on, guys. Where's your sense of humor? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, mm. exactly right. Now, listen. We can't. Mm. We cannot mm. uh, leave this show mm. really without talking about um the away end last night. I mean. I mean, historically, Chelsea's away support's always been fantastic. But I, 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 what I take away from it last night was not just how loud it was and consistent it was, um, and all the all of the usual kind of stuff. And it was there was quite an old school feel to it. But it, I think, it proved to me, uh, not that I needed it proving to me, of course, but it it it, it just reminded me how good our our support is in terms of supporting the team. You know, we never let up. It clearly helps the team when you're right behind them. Um, at the end, I thought it was particularly good. All the players came over to, to the end. They were all getting a lot of love uh, and they felt it. And, and I think it's important, you know. I think uh, even William got, got his song sung many a times last night. So he showed some appreciation for a former Chelsea player. But that's what it's about, supporting the team. Um and actually, that's all that really matters. You know, podcasts like this are irrelevant. Uh, not numpties on Twitter are irrelevant. Sorry, X are irrelevant. What matters is the support you give the team in the stadium because that's where they hear it. Right, Mark? Ultimately, the club belongs to the supporters. Those people at Craven Cottage last night, they are the supporters. Mm. Without them, we saw during COVID how crap was watching football with no supporters in the ground. They, they, supporters make a difference. Mm. Yeah, they do. Can, can we, when your team is losing, they can spur you on to come back into a game. Yeah, Dane, what do you? They, re- went, they sorry, went through Mark, the songbook sorry. last night. Yeah, no, they yeah, did. They you did. hear it? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it was great fun. I had, I had a huge amount of fun. I, I very nearly the only two I didn't hear were my two favourites, which was the Fuck 'Em All song and the Tommy Baldwin song. And I was very tempted to start. <laughs> it was that kind of an atmosphere last night where you just felt, you know, you could just go for it, start a song, and everybody would join in. And I and I, I did a few. Dane, what? Sorry, mate. I meant to ask you as well. What 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 do you think about the point I made and the support last night? Oh yeah, just from the telly, I could hear. Oh, I think Wise, Kalu, Werner, stuff in my head too. Called Roman, William, with the boys in blue from Division Two. It's nice to hear, and it's nice because you do balance up those those home games that which we clearly struggle with, and we all have to sit there and hear then the away support like Dig and us, and 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 we have. I'm trying to think how many good home games would we have a season. We need those away games to balance it up, and we've always had it. You know when. My first pull of, of of away games was the uh, when we won uh, in those days the Division Two. I think it's the eighty eight, eighty nine season, and just going to like places like West Brom and Ipswich and Bradford. I think in in those days midweek Man City away, 
I can remember Tony Dorigo doing that breakaway goal and I got hooked on that away uh, support. I don't go as much now uh, due to, to work, social and just life in general. But, you know, it's it's something that I always hold have held close to my heart and, and just to see it still going on now and people taking it on. And like you said earlier, obviously, hopefully younger generations to carry it on. And we've always had a good away support, haven't we? And it's uh, you experienced it last night. Uh, maybe new maybe old and it we heard it on the tv so so good for you lot yeah i think it's important and i mean you know it always has been at chelsea there's there's always been a staunch away support uh and it's it's important to the club that that carries on it, i don't want to get into it now because it's a very complicated argument but a distillation of that support in any way shape or form would be you know, I think a very bad scenario. And I mean, I think the other thing you ought to remember is it's 30 quid for an away ticket. So it's actually, you know, I hesitate to say affordable, but it's a darn sight more affordable than going to the home matches. And that's getting increasingly difficult. And of course, the the Premier League, under serious pressure from the FSA, uh, you know, kept, there was this whole kind of 20 is plenty campaign and they kind of settled on 30 quid. And as I said, that, that, you know, that, that makes it affordable. It's good to see a lot of youngsters there, for example, last night. So it's really important that we continue that tradition. We're the only, really, the only league in the world, I think, that has away support generally. Like, like, not, I mean, I'm not talking about Chelsea here, but, you know, most clubs have decent away supports and make a racket when they turn up. And it's what makes the game the game that it is. It's what makes it such a great TV spectacle for the broadcasters. So it's massively important. And, uh, I fucking love going. I mean, I know Fulham's hardly away, but I mean, I love it. I mean, I'm off to board, off to off to Burnley on Saturday, courtesy of uh, Mark's shenanigans. So I'm taking my nephew. So uh, I hope to catch up with a few of you there. So there we go. Right, um, I've got one more bit of pluggery to do, uh, and quite quite um, appropriate, really, talking about away support because it's the Chelsea Fancast on tour. Not what you think, no. Uh, I'm going to read this out because Alex wrote this and she's just a legend. This is a, this is an Alex Churchill production. Join Chidge and the gang on a long weekend in France and Belgium to follow the story of Chelsea in the First World War. What could possibly go wrong with all that Belgian beer involved? Uh, next summer, journey from the infamous Ypres salient to the tragic battlefields of the Somme and learn about the experience of the First World War through the story of your favourite football club by day. Your journey to battlefields and cemeteries, learning about what happened to players, staff and fans on the Western Front. There's also room to make any personal pilgrimages connected with your own family history if they're close enough to our route. Uh, In the evenings, it's French town squares, Belgian beer and a chance to wind down with your fellow fans and fancast regulars. Me, that would be Chidge and Tony Glover. Another regular, Alex Churchill, will be one of your guides, along with Andrew Holmes and Johnny Dyer. Now... Andrew Holmes has been on the show before. Johnny Dyer used to be the presenter of the Podding Shed, which is beloved by many of you. So they're both big Chelsea fans, and they're her co-author and researchers on the book that inspired the tour over land and sea, Chelsea FC in the Great War. Um, right, it's 21st to the 24th of June, 2024. I'm not entirely sure what the prices are. She's saying it's about 650 quid per person. Um, I do know for a fact that that covers everything. So you get these amazing... Alex, Andrew and Johnny are brilliant tour guides. They know their onions. They know their history like you wouldn't believe. 
Um, and there's quite, you know, they're whizzing around in a, in a minibus all the time, taking us here, there and everywhere, getting us into places where we need to get into. The hotels are great. It's four-star accommodation. Uh, the one in uh, Ypres is an absolutely fantastic hotel. I remember sitting outside. It was nice and warm. Uh, me and Tony were there. I brought over a couple of big Monte Cristo cigars. Me and Tony were there with a massive brandy, smoking on an old uh, stogie uh, around a nice fire pit with everybody else there. It was lovely. Um, and it's it's really, really good. I mean, honestly, Tony and I had so much fun on this. It's not true. And we, we met some really, really great people that we, that we we still know and love today. So, uh, it, you know, it, 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 go over. If you love history, if you've got family connections there. And that's the other thing that I should tell you is that when I went over there, my great-grandfather, also called David Chigi, uh, was a gunner in uh, in the tank regiment on, on a tank, one of those old funny tanks that they had. Uh, and he was in the Battle of Cambrai, which is the first kind of proper tank battle. Well, when I went over there, they'd done all the research on this. I hadn't asked them to. They just t- This was a complete surprise. They diverted off to Flesquier, which is where he was shot. And they gave me the absolute chapter and verse on what happened to him. And I had never, my family had never been able to, to piece that together. It was incredible. And they will do that. They will do that and more. It's, 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 it's brilliant. I can't say more highly of it than I already have. So if you fancy it and you fancy a jolly good time and a, and a few drinkies and a bit of Chelsea on, on top, then this is for you. The best thing to do is to go to www.historiatravel.org, which is I-S-T-O-R-I-A travel.org. And, uh, and there you go. You never know. She might convince Johnny Bumpson to come along. He loves his history. He did go on uh, one of uh, um, Alex's walking tours in the summer, I gather. He did. Yeah. He loves yeah. a drink and he loves Chelsea and he loves history. It's a good combo. It is, yeah. You never know. And, yeah, it sounds like a really good trip. So if people are listening, you know, definitely well well worth shelling your hard-earned cash for. Yeah. Um, sounds like a marvellous weekend. And Alex is your tour guide as well. It'll be fantastic. She's very good. I mean, they all are. I heard Johnny and Andrew are, are absolutely top-notch. They really, really are. So there you go. Nathan, I'm told, is coming. So there we go. Nathan's a big fan of all of that too. So uh, the Chelsea Grave Society. But yeah, make it a big probably, Chelsea thing. It's probably like um, I saw Nathan um, on Saturday at um, Wheelstone Oldham games. You imagine that Oldham in the National League. It's fascinating. And Oldham plays in an orange kit. I was having like 1980s vibes you know, watching Oldham kit. And I think Nathan was saying, he, he was saying at the Oldham game, or maybe Wheelstone's game during the week against Woking. I think, yes, yeah, it'd be nice to do something around sort of like football, war and history at Chelsea, if possible. Yeah, yeah. good idea, yeah. actually. Well, get yeah. get Alex involved, because she's, the, yeah. she's yeah. the she's the main man, as it were. Right, you lovely people. Um, that is all we've got time for. Sorry, just finishing my coffee. That is all we've got time for tonight. Uh, JK and I will be back on Friday. Uh, to preview Saturday's match away to Burnley. So make sure you come and join us at the usual time of 7.30pm. We will have a Burnley fan as our guest, Adam from No Nay Never. So that'll be fun. Uh, And I can't wait because I'm going up there. I'm taking my nephew to his first what I would call proper away game. You know, he went to West Ham, took him to West Ham, and now he's going to Burnley. You know, so this, this will either make or break him, I feel. Proper away game at a proper time on a Saturday afternoon. Exactly. And, and, and a six-hour fucking car journey up there with me <laughs> and then back. You know, he's, he's having to come down here on Friday night because I said, I'm not bloody going to London first and picking you up and then driving up there. Where does he, where does he live? Putney. Yeah. Putney. Oh, right. So my wife's picking him up on Friday, bringing him down. He's staying the night. 
He's gonna he's gonna be sleeping in here, so he'll have he'll have lots of Chelsea memorabilia to feast on. His own nice t- his own TV and hi-fi, so he'll have a lovely time. He can get yeah. get into all my punk CDs that are in here, and uh, and then I'll get wake him up at seven, and off we'll jolly well trot. So there we go. I can't wait. It'd be great fun. So there you go. Right, we'll be back on Friday to talk about uh, the Burnley game, obviously. Now, if you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea fancast patron, which. Uh, Apart from anything else, helps to cover the cost of doing the show and uh, just says thank you in a very lovely monetary way. Uh, beyond that, you can also uh, get a Kerry Dixon banner if you really want one. And you can join our Discord group, which is brilliant because it's basically like the Mixler chat room 24-7 with some absolutely fantastic uh, first-rate people in there. So there you go. So if you want to do that, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Um, we will do another in off the post show. Uh, I don't think it'll happen this week. More likely to be next week, possibly. We'll see. Uh, I've got a few things on, but anyway, I'll try and try. Me and Jake, I'll try to do one if we can as soon as we can because there's a bit of a backlog at the moment. Uh, but we'll read them out anyway. You know that. So if you want your email, Patreon, Instagram post, or tweet, or Facebook message read out, let me have your emails. Uh, end of the day, Sunday would be nice, but really, it can be more fluid than that. ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com is the address for that. So there you go. You can follow the show on all the social media at ChelseaFanCast. Me at Stanford Chidge, Dane at DWIT9, and the legend that is Mark Meehan at Eddie Mac B-A-W-A. So there you go. Mark, it's been absolutely fantastic to see you. I, I mean, I haven't actually seen you since I've been away, have I? No, no, not at all. So, yeah, good to see you. I've had a bit of a run on here lately. I think I've had about... Three shows in the last week or so after a bit of a barren and lean period. A bit like Chelsea. I know. At the moment. Maybe yeah. the two are related, mate. Maybe the two are related. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've re- reappeared at the Villa game. We've been on a good run since okay. then. Well, I, yeah, need, I, need, I need to get the schedule out because as yet, I don't have somebody on for Friday yet because I haven't put the schedule out. But I'll, uh, I'll, oh, I, need, I'll... I need to come back to my day. And it was great to be on with Dane as well. It's, I think it's been a while since Dane and I have been on today. Oh, I was literally, literally yeah, going to say yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Dane, it's it's lovely to see you too, mate. Actually, a nice little bonus for me because I haven't seen you for ages. And uh, and and just because I know you two guys were on a lot when I was away, so you know, a, a massive thank you for 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 you, you know, turning up and putting it in while I was away. You know, you all did. Bri- I mean, you really did brilliantly while I was away. I thought it was the quality of the shows were fantastic. In fact, they were so good it made me think. Actually, I'm just not going to bother coming back. Really, you know, I'll just leave <laughs> leave it to you, lot. You know, you don't you don't need me. So there you go. But good to see you, mate. I appreciate that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit funny without JK. It's a bit weird, but like Mark said, it's it's nice when you do shows with people you haven't done one with for a while, and I haven't been in here with Mark for probably for a good over a year. No way, and yeah. seriously. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, probably one of the fifty-year shows. I yeah. think when Mark first come onto the fan cast, I, I, I coincidentally was on quite a few early shows yeah. with him, but I don't think I've been on one with him since. But yeah, it was nice seeing you again, Chidge, and and as well, you know, a big compliment to Dean. Uh, you know, uh, he was nervous, but once he got going, he he was very good, and you started to lose confidence. You know, different style to you, but there's nothing wrong with that. And nice to have you back. And now he can go back. He's obviously he started went to Mokings Meadow again tonight. He's uh, recording the show. He has or as we speak. But yeah, it's lovely to come on this. As I said, you know, once you invited me quite a few years ago, and 
it's always nice to come back on and, and give anything that I can in any way to help this show, you know, carry on and, and, and be successful. Well, there you go. Lovely, lovely words, Dana. It's always a privilege to have you on. Right. Great for uh, to you. Well, great. Thanks to you lot out there for listening as well. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Until then, keep your glue, keep it carefree, keep your chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.